Hey guys, Broker Brett here. I'm excited to introduce the second podcast for our agency, Ed's Auto Garage, where we're going to talk classic cars, racing, uh, auto shows, you know, the cars we've loved, as well as talk to industry professionals, you know, and occasionally talk about the insurance side of things. So uh, this will be our first episode, and you can find Ed's Auto Garage, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, you know, if we can help you out with anything insurance-wise, that's Brett, B-R-E-T-T, at N-P-B-I-C.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, Broker Brett Radio with the uh, introduction of Ed's Autopod, where we uh, got a second podcast going for our agency. I've had a great experience interviewing people around startups. You know, it's led to community building and it's led to some leads and just a lot of knowledge share. We're excited to get this podcast up to talk about cars and, uh, you know, occasionally insuring them, but more so the shows, you know, you know, why we love the industry. But Ed, thanks for uh being game for another crazy idea of mine and look forward to talking cars with you. Yeah, this is sounds sounds uh sounds like it could be fun and interesting and I'm looking forward to kind of having uh, my own little branch possibly of of future podcasts regarding and revolving around the the passion of auto automotive uh experiences um you know and talking to other people within the uh the auto uh, industry. And uh, I mean, I don't want to make this all fuddy-duddy and, and all about, you know, oh, insurance about cars, because that sounds pretty boring. But uh, I mean, but we want to kind of talk about, um, you know, the passion. There's a lot of people that are passionate about cars, and I'm one of them, and have been since, uh, since as far back as I can remember from, you know, washing the car with my dad when I was four or five years old living in Glendale, California, and my dad would pull the car up into the yard, and when I saw that on Saturday morning, the car was up on the on the grass, I was like, whoa, okay, cool, we're going to be out there playing, playing in the water and washing cars, but, um, but yeah, thanks, let's, uh, let's see how this kind of evolves. Yeah, 100%, and so, you know, Ed and I started working together during the pandemic, and so basically working remote, but, you know, every other week, you know, we'll go in his garage, garage doors open, we'll have a beer, we'll talk shop, and there's posters up of Le Mans, there's Lego little race cars, there's parts, you know, there's all sorts of fun stuff around, uh, you know, Ed in that same garage had totally torn apart 914 before that he was rebuilding for a number of years, um, you had an amazing Corvette you got to sell for a pretty decent amount of money, it sounded like. Yeah. But yeah, you've, you've been pretty weeded, you know, as far as I can remember talking about it, which which was a surprise. I always thought about you as a boat guy. And then as we start working together, you're like, no, man, that was that was part of the job. This is the this is the love. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I love boats. I, I just kind of love things mechanical in a sense, you know, and it's kind of weird. I, you know, my brother's like a, you know, big wig. Um, you know, engineer and, and I, I never went down that path, but I, I have the same passion. And I think it stems from, you know, you know, my dad or my brother and I's dad. So uh, they kind of, you know, it started back in, in the day and I've always been very, you know, hands on, you know, I come from a, I come from a generation when, um, when the, the uh, auto, auto shops were available in, uh, in your high school. And I, you know, I always gravitated to auto shop, metal shop, 
you know, it was just, and it was cool because in auto shop, we could always bring our own cars in and, and get them worked on and, you know, and, and it was always kind of funny, you know, my first car, my first car was a, a hand-me-down 1972 Pinto station wagon. And that was my very first car that was handed down to me from uh, my brother. My dad bought it for my brother. And then when he bought his another car, I got the wagon and it was fun. It was, it was kind of a cool little car. It was, uh, you know, at the time you're talking, geez, what year is that? That's maybe 1980, 1981, somewhere around there. And um, so it was only about, you know, 10, 12 year old car at the time. It wasn't, you know, for a kid, it wasn't uberly old. And um, yeah, it was kind of cool. And then, um, you know, I, I find myself that in high school, even in high school, I would buy and sell cars, you know, pretty frequently. I would trade with other kids at school uh, or, you know, I, some guy wanted my, no, no, what happened? The Pinto, I sold it out. I, I sold it outright. I don't know, for like 1200 bucks or something like that. A thousand bucks, 1200 bucks. And then I bought an MG midget, a 1973 MG midget. Um, the in high school or just after in high school that sounds like an awesome car to have during high school yeah so it was an mg midget i had it in high school i mean it wasn't the, the prettiest it had a couple little issues here and there but but um it was a fun car and i think that's the first car that kind of got me turned on to 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 a sporty feeling it had to be a sporty feeling car and 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 even back then you would see like um SCCA racing, they would, you know, amateur, amateur weekend racer guys. And there was, there were, there were series of, you know, classifications where MG midgets could race. And, and, and that kind of got me kind of like, wow, this is kind of cool. I, I have a car that as a kid, I have a car that if I decked it out, I could turn this thing into like a performance race car, you know, to take around and do some autocrossing with or some time trials with. Um, that was just hopeful, hopeful thinking, right? Um, I, you know, as a kid in high school, I didn't have any money. So I didn't have any money to, you know, to, to, to fix it all up or anything like that. And then um, I sold that car. I had it for a while, sold it, sold it to another guy that my dad, some guy my dad knew who had a, uh, who sold me a 1970, which I wish I still had, which would be worth a ton of money today, was a uh, Chevy Chevelle SS 396 four-speed. And this guy, we traded, we swapped. Because think about the era and the period of time. This was a big block car and um the guy was using the car to drive to work and gas prices were super duper expensive and the rationing of gas and all that was kind of going on around that era you know gas was really you know ooh, super starting to get super expensive so this guy wanted out of that that muscle car and the mg was economical so we swapped and I drove the car to high school, which was what, a block or two. And, you know, I worked my part-time job and paid for my gas and, but, and that was a fun car. And then um, what ended up happening? 
I, um, my front end bushings went out on that car. So my front wheels would kind of vibrate and then you start going 45, 50 miles an hour. My front wheels would just kind of, would be bouncing all over the place. And again, I was dirt poor. I didn't have any money I, and I didn't have money to fix that. So I ended up selling that car just outright to somebody else and then moving on from there. And then it just, you know, just more cars and just, I just, you know, by now I was in college and it was just more cars. I just, it, it was like yeah. every other month I felt like I was switching cars. I've had some cars that I've loved. I'm pretty goofy and like down to earth. I think part of that was my first car was an 85 diesel Jetta with 300,000 miles on it that just poured oh, out smoke. Know. Yeah. My dad was an outside salesman. So like my brother had it, then I had it, but it was just this ridiculous car that totally worked and taught me how to drive manual transmission. So, I mean, I, I can't complain. I got a car for nothing, but that was my first. And then I moved on to a Toyota pickup truck, you know, single cab, not lifted, little four banger, which was bulletproof. I wish I still had that car. And then well, uh, Honda it, Element, Prius, and then kind of inherited my wife's Matrix little Toyota hatchback, which is phenomenal little, you know, neighborhood driver. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny you say that about the about the Jetta. Um, I know people out there have kind of like a, a love-hate relationship with, with the Volkswagen products and stuff like that. But um, I've always, I've always found that... Um, I've always had wonderful luck with, with Volkswagens. I had one of my, the first car that I bought, you know, on my own, you know, and wrote, you know, I didn't have my dad help me with it or anything like that type of a thing was a 1984 um, Volkswagen uh, GTI, a rabbit or golf GTI. That was my first car that I bought totally on my own. And Another car I wish I still had. Just that was the the start of the of the sport compact car world, and um, you know, the car only had like ninety horsepower, but it felt like it had three hundred horsepower. Those German cars are it. fun too. I always say like Japanese cars are like very push buttony. Uh, American cars feel kind of floaty, which is a generalization. But the German yeah. cars, they're just heavy, and you feel the road, and they're just fun. No, you no, know? and I mean, and and they're very direct. Where you point the car, the car's gonna go. And uh, it was really good. It was a it was a great car. Then you know, you know, fast forward, you know, married. You know, had my kids already. Um, I think my oldest son was maybe. 10 years old yeah yeah he would have been 10 in 2004 i bought a a volkswagen jetta gli brand new out of the out of the box i don't know i paid like you know 2300 23000 23 24000 somewhere around there for the car brand new you know uh, out of the box car um and that was a great car like but I took care of my cars. I made sure that my cars were clean. I made sure that oils and services were done properly and and uh, and as needed. And I never had, I think I had only one issue that I think I had was a water pump issue with that car. That was towards the end. Now you're talking towards the end of that car's life when, or life with me at least, when the car was probably getting close to, to I don't know, 
100,000, maybe a little more than 100,000 miles because I had that car. My, uh, my son was 10 and then he ended up using it as his, his driver. So he got the car at about 16, 17. So yeah, I must've been somewhere around when we had the car, probably about 10 year old, 10 years. It lasted us. And, um, and then, you know, I gave him the money from that car when we sold it, which we still sold it for almost, almost uh, a little over 8,500 bucks. Nice. Yeah, we sold it for about 8,500 bucks and I gave him that money so that he could use that on a down payment for, for his car, which was, which, you know, then, you know, all bets were off. He was already yeah. down in his twenties and, you know, he goes and buys a $40,000, you know, Subaru, you know, Subaru WRX STI, you know, just an absolute rocket. This car, that WRX or the STI he has is, is absolutely. Oh, that thing's uh, pretty. It, and then it, um, it's a rocket. No, we freaking love cars and we've nerded on out on nerded out on that since we've been working together. Um, yeah, I know you were excited to hop in the podcast, right? To maybe bring people on like the continuation, you know, car folks that you're friends with, or maybe some mechanics or auto shop guys that we're working with, or maybe, you know, our buddy Drew Moon with the advertising agency that works with dealerships. Kind of what, what got you excited about the prospect of the podcast and maybe how'd you, how'd you see this rolling out? Yeah. I mean, I kind of see it as kind of like, uh, you know, I, I think that, that just in general, people like talking about cars and it's funny because it's kind of like like the car you can you could go to um you know you could go to a car show let's say or a car or a cars and coffee type of event on the on the weekends and and you could be you know in your private world you could be like you know nothing against janitors but you could be a janitor and you could just you know be driving a you know a $1,500, you know, Volkswagen bug that you're working on and you're tweaking and you're cleaning and you're, you're kind of getting it to perform a little bit better. And you can, you can have a conversation with some guy that's, you know, the president or CEO of some multi-billion dollar company driving a Ferrari and the common thread is automotive conversation. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I guess in a sense, it's like you could be you could work for a company and you could see your, you know, CEO or your president of your company that you maybe only see in the passing once or twice a year. But if you see them outside of that environment and you see them at a, at a car meet or, or, or anything like that, you have that common thread of, of cars. You would never talk about that at work, but, but at a, forget the I'm not, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but it kind of levels the playing field. It kind of levels you know? the playing field. Yeah. When yeah. it comes to it. So, so, I mean, you can be friends with, with, you know, people that you would never meet if you weren't involved in the car. It, and it's such a passion thing. Car passion. Yeah. There's friends like literally I had that goofy diesel Jetta and one of my best friends still to this day was dating my friend in high school and he had like a Lancer Evo and just talking turbos, nerding out on cars. We were friends right away. The guy was in my wedding, you know, and like our first conversations were about putting a turbocharger or making my uh, diesel Jetta run on vegetable oil, you know? <laughs> um, 
It's interesting. It's fun. It's tactile. So right now, candidly, live in an apartment. It's got a carport. I can't really work on a car. I drove a Prius, you know, before. I miss it. Like I've done a valve adjustment, done brakes. I've done fuel filters. Trying to think what else. I've done a uh, a belt, which now I'll have to do at your house. But I've done a drive belt, you know, for my wife's car. You know, especially these days. Dude, freaking YouTube and a Chitlin's manual. Um, so when I did that valve adjustment, I studied that thing so hard. Like I had it memorized like backwards and forwards. I knew exactly what I was doing because I was taking the cover off the engine, which felt like looking behind the veil. I was freaked out. And I'd already taken it to two like local mechanics that just threw parts at it. And I adjusted valve one and two. It ran better, but it wasn't fixed. And then they ended up adjusting valve three at the dealership. But that was like the most weeded I ever got on a project. But well- it yeah. is always kind of a little, a little scary if you're not a mechanic and I'm not a, I'm not a mechanic. I've just, you know, I'm a shade tree mechanic, you know, per se. Um, but it is always, it always is a little daunting, a little nerve wracking when you, you 100%. take something off that to me, when you take something off, that has a gasket, you know, it's kind of like shit. I know I got to go find another gasket or do I, or is this gasket? Am I gonna it's the fluids again? slapping on a part's one thing, but if you're changing fluids, changing anything like tubing, I'm always freaked out about the fluids around a car. I don't know why. I'll, I'll have to confess. I'll have to confess. We <laughs> years ago, well, maybe about 10 years ago, we had bought a, uh, we had bought a, uh, um, a GMC Acadia. It was a, a little SUV my yeah, wife drove around. Those are nice SUVs. I remember yeah. those. Yeah, GMC Acadia. And we were getting a light that that for some reason I didn't it just didn't register in my head. It was the it was like a circle. And then it had like like looked like two parentheses or two semicircles on the outside of it. And what I thought that represented was in my head, just without looking at the manual, I think without thinking twice, which was my fault. Um, I thought that meant uh, power steering. And, and I come to find out what that meant was disc brakes. So I put power steering fluid in disc brakes and somehow, some way that just kind of screwed up the whole system. And it was just because I didn't take the time to stop and look at what that, look at the manual and look and see what the, uh, what the little uh, icon really represented. And uh, cause I poured the fluid in there and then sure enough, you know, a little while later it was still doing the same thing and, you know, take a car to the dealer and it's like, oh no, we've got to like rip this all apart. You've, all, all the lines have been contaminated this is going to be like $3,000 and all. They don't take it easy on you in those situations either, you know? Oh no, no. And then it's like, man, I, man, I really screwed this one up. So anyway, I found a local shop here in Costa Mesa, um, a break and alignment shop, showed them the card. I just told them straight out, look at, I think I screwed up. I put the wrong fluid here, whatever. And I guess what it, what it happens is that there's a lot of like little rubber seals and parts inside the, that process, that whole breaking or yeah, the braking process, and um, and the wrong fluid can make those little rubber parts kind of kind of like like fall apart a little that, bit. That makes sense. Break. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So, but that that would be if it was like over a long period of time of just you know being exposed to that wrong fluid. 
So I, I caught it. The guy says that I caught it in time. So long story short, you know, we were able to just kind of, you know, flush the system really well a bunch of times with the proper fluid and push it and pump it through, push it. And, and it was fine. And that it may be fine. like a liability thing. What's funny to think about is insurance guys. So when you're dealing with the dealership, everything's going to be a factory part. Everything's going to be above board, tested, tuned. It's going to be like factory level out the door. Depending on what auto shop you go to, what neighborhood, you know, they're going to fix it at different levels. And I think kind of car place time is important, you know. Um, but yeah, no, we're, I'm excited to do the show with you. I know you'll be steering on this one, but it'll be fun to sit back and uh, we can talk about insuring garages. We can talk, you know, maybe we'll do some special episodes about car insurance and stuff itself. But generally, you know, I think it'll be enthusiast podcast sponsored by our local agency, Newport Beach Insurance Center. Yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, I think that if if there's folks out there that are listening to this that that have um, you know an automotive story or a, or an idea or something like that or or, or want to just share and, and just want to be part of a of of car talk just want to be part of you know a, a car discussion or car conversation um, or even if someone's out there that has like an issue with their car and they can't figure it out or don't know you know. I mean, just drop us a message. Yeah, we'll you know? be your uh, insurance and auto consultants. You know, we got you covered. You imagine? You imagine? But I mean, I mean, I totally dig kind of, you know, hunting things down and trying to problem solve little issues like that. So by all means, I mean, if somebody's got something out there, you know, just ring in and let us know. And then we'll, we'll do our due diligence to see if we can kind of maybe help you solve a problem. But yeah, I mean, if there's other folks out there that want to kind of chime in and you know, by all means, reach out to us and we'll we'll get you on, on the podcast here. Well, perfect, Ed. Thanks for joining me today, man. I look forward to joining you on Ed's Autopod. We'll get rocking and rolling. It's going to be great. Sounds good, man. I'm excited to this. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. And if we can help out with anything insurance-wise, please don't hesitate to reach out. Brett at mpbic.com and catch you on the next one.